You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. How's it going? Uh, it's going. I it's have going. my first vaccine appointment on the Yay. 30th, which is Tuesday. Yay. So by the time people hear this, I might be like in the drive through <laughs> oh, I've never been so excited to get a shot before in my life. Oh, I know. I know. It's like so exciting. It was no big deal. <laughs> it was interesting. When I got I my first shot, I went to Sam's Club like I had talked about last time. And yeah. when the uh, pharmacist I always turn my head because I don't look at needles. Yeah. And the right. pharmacist like put a Band-Aid on my arm and I said, did you do this already? <laughs> like I didn't feel yeah. anything. And he, go, and he laughed. He goes, Some of them are really, really good. But like, he goes, the no. Last time he goes, no. I got the flu shot. Yeah. He goes, he didn't though. He said the new way yeah. of doing things, at least the way they oh. do things in the pharmacy at Sam's Club, is they put the Band-Aid on first and they put the needle Get through out. the Band-Aid. Get out. But they said it was more really? sterile that way. Interesting. And it Sounds was it was really fine. Efficient. It was just a tiny little prick. I mean, he didn't. I mean, yeah. it was nothing. It was. It didn't hurt. It just the next day, huh. my arm was sore, but it wasn't yeah. like oh, I gotta go be in Pretty bed all that. day. It's no big deal. I'm kind yeah. of concerned about the one I'm taking in April. On like, the on the eighth, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, am I gonna be <laughs> sick? You know, it's, it's like, well, whatever. If it happens, it happens. More, more people than not. More people than not. The the chances of you feeling like crud are going to be pretty high. Well, I'm more worried about my husband yeah. because at least with me, yeah. I can lay in bed and go, uh, uh. He yeah. can't. He has yeah. to go to work. And he has right. to work open to close that day. So he's hoping that Blech. someone can at least cover the evening hours for him uh, because someone else be is on vacation. So I'm really worried about Yeah, because they say him. if you if you have an immune response, that means it's working and you should just it's, uh, <laughs> anticipate that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try not to complain about it, but I just know I'm gonna have to plan for it. So yeah, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about it at all. In fact, um, I got a lot of good feedback on on the Facebook, um, you know, my local area, and I asked if if anybody had gotten it at the location where I'm going. Yep, it's you know lit clockwork, and everybody it's a drive through. So I'm looking forward to that. My mother in law got hers just the other day, so so we're getting there. We're making progress. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not a cure. We know that you can still get COVID. It's just uh, going to keep you from dying and, you know, possibly getting really severely hospitalized with it. So every this is good progress. Not a cure, but but good progress. Um, and we won't spend the whole show talking about vac- vaccines, I promise. But there is something geeky that we can relate this to because uh, just recently, what, in the last couple days, last two, three days, I guess in out there in the good old New York where you live, Elisa. That's why I want to ask you about it. They have the Excelsior. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> the Excelsior app. Yes. That is. Uh, I guess it's a vaccine passport. Is that what they're calling it? A vaccine passport. Yeah. The way it's supposed to work, and I've done like barely any research on this, but the way it's supposed to work, to my understanding, because I did download the app, is once you get both your shots, you will sign up on this app you have to go to the website you have to fill in your information and i don't know how much you have to fill in because i'm not vaccinated completely yet but i think just by putting in your name your date of birth and where you live they can pull up that yes you've gotten both your shots and they issue you a qr code that you can either show through the app or through the wallet the apple wallet so if you go somewhere say a concert and 
you need to prove that you've been vaccinated. Instead of having to carry your card around with you, you can just show them the app. And then they can scan the app and go, yep, she's been vaccinated. We'll mm-hmm. let her in. That's my understanding yeah, of have, how it will work. I have all kinds of thoughts about this, good and bad. I mean, I'm excited for it. On one hand, I just did a Twitter survey where I asked if, you know, yes or no, should we have a vaccine passport of some sort? Um, my my context, my way of thinking about it is I just know how messy our records are out here. And we're, we're getting there. I mean, there's been a couple of different places now. We, we've just been, you know. We've changed doctors so many times because of insurance, and that's just that's just how it is. And I'm starting to feel like every time I want to pick a new doctor, I, I want to, like, go look at their, their PHR, their portable health record service, and see, like, okay, do you have one, first of all? And can I access it? Because I don't know if you've ever done this, if you've ever gone into the health app and looked at what's available in your area and the different physicians' networks, I guess they're called. Anyway, um, you know, some of them are better than others. And the vaccine records are, are kind of messy for me. I know in other places, people you know, give me feedback on, on Twitter about it that, you know, oh, I have this and I have that. And yeah, out here, it's just all over the place. Because like I said, we've, we've switched doctors a couple times. And I've run into these situations with my kiddos because they're little. And, you know, of course, you have to get a lot of vaccines throughout your childhood. And, you know, I got like a, a nasty gram from the school over over in the beginning of the pandemic saying that my little one was due for his shots and that I hadn't gotten them. And I was like, what? You know, and I so I had to go and like, OK, well, where's his shot record? And I, I opened it up like I have an actual card, like a, a paper cardstock card that's folded in half for each one of my kids. They look the same, but it's all like, you know, just scribbled handwriting. You know, they have like little notes there and I can't read everything. I can see the vaccines, but I can't always make out the dates and stuff. And it's just it's really difficult. It's not searchable. It's not digitized or anything like that. And so when I got them their last round of vaccines in the flu shot that we got back in, I guess, last October, um, which we didn't end up really needing anyway, because we didn't go anywhere and we didn't get sick, which was nice. But anyway, um, I took in the cards and I had them like manually like, okay, here's all of their records. Could you please put them in, you know, with their doctors here at this clinic? Because I think a lot of them were already input at a previous clinic, but then they don't share. It's not like they just sync up from one clinic to the next, which I think is really dumb. So I'm in favor of digitizing this stuff, but I can understand how people are like, oh, that's really big brother and invasion of privacy and all that kind of stuff. So I can see where other people are coming from. Personally, I am for it. I want it. I want some kind of way to digitize it because, you know me, I'm always looking for geeky ways and and ways to make this stuff more efficient so that I can offload it from my brain and not have to worry about it. And I can just search for it. And, you know, oh, because so many times I've gone and because I go to the doctor a lot and they'll say, you know, when was your last tetanus shot or when was your last, you know, fill in the blank shot? I'm like, Heck if I know. And I was laughing with somebody on Twitter about it that I don't know what you do when you go to look up your shots if you go to the doctor. But I'm like, I don't know when the last shot was if it's not in my medical record because I changed to you and you don't have my previous records. Well, then. I got to go see if I can find it somehow. But luckily, you know, over the years, I've tweeted about this kind of stuff like, oh, I feel lousy because I just got yada yada shot or whatever. And so I journal a lot. I use day one as my journal app. So I'm able to go and search for it. And so that's how I've 
basically been able to pull up one. You know, it's not a, an official medical record, but it's like it gives me a date as to when I got it. And then I guess it could be verified somehow. I don't know. But the last time that I had to do this, I was with my doctor and she laughed. She's like, oh, yeah, I do the same thing. Like search your tweets or search your, your journal entries and stuff. So I'm all for a digital passport of some sort, but I can understand why people are really hesitant towards it. One of the things that bothers me, though, is, um, you know, I was thinking about your husband for his business because you said there's like a, I guess there's a business version of the app. There's a business version from what I've read about it. It sounds like as the business, they would scan your phone to see if you had received the vaccine. So it's like phone to phone. I'm thinking for somebody like me or people like like it that work in kind of an industry where you're making house calls. You know, it could be a salesperson like for me and I'm, I'm a consultant. I mean, pre-pandemic, I was going on house calls and, you know, that's where I got a lot of, of illness, to be honest. I mean, between my kids and my husband bringing it home. But then there were times when I would get sick from having been at an elderly person's house who just was getting over pneumonia. But the germs were still, you know what I mean? Like there's things that that I catch from just working with the public. And so, you know, I'm thinking about things like, well, gosh, you know. Because I'm already starting it, you know, people are saying, you know, all of the, most of the, the demographic of the people that I work with are all much older than I am. So they're all vaccinated. They're all doubly vaccinated, right? They're all, you know, completely vaccinated. And here I am, I'm only just getting my first shot, you know, this coming week. And then it's still going to be a while before I got to wait the, what, three, four weeks until I can get the second. And then still got to wait another couple of weeks after that. And then after that, even though, yes, technically I'll be vaccinated, Am I really going to get be ready to go out and work in people's homes again? And what about when I go to work in people's homes and they are not into wearing a mask? Like, am I going to say, well, I'm sorry, these are my rules. I can't endanger, endanger myself. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, there's a certain kind of etiquette that we follow. Now, I don't know about how it is out in the East, but at least out here, smoking was a big thing. You know, long, 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 long time ago, I used to smoke. But out in the East, I know people smoke inside their homes, inside their cars with the windows rolled up. It's really gross. But out here, because it's all open, it's all, you know, open air, people smoke outside and outdoors. And it's not that big of a deal. But there have been places where I've gone and worked with clients and they won't smoke in front of me like while I'm there. But I end up like having to take a shower when I come home because if you've ever been a smoker and then you quit, it is way like you can smell it more than a person who never smoked before. I think in my opinion, because I, I can detect it. I can smell it even when I'm driving and the windows are, are down. Um, it's not as bad. Like people are vaping more and people, not that that's much better, but they're not smoking as much out here. And when I visit out East, it's like, holy cow, what a difference. But anyway, the point is, is that, I wonder what it's going to be like as far as etiquette and mask etiquette if people are going to say, well, this is my home and I'm not going to wear a mask inside my own home. And I'm thinking, but I'm a very vulnerable person, vaccinated or not. I'm still I have asthma. I still have like a big red bullseye painted on my chest. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking I'm thinking about those kinds of things for people working in industry where they go to people's homes, what is the etiquette going to be like? What are the rules going to be? The the rules will be set by you. For example, I had Spectrum come to the house again this past week. Okay. Um, Okay. Just they they replaced the modem again and changed some wiring around because I'm still experiencing buffering when I'm watching TV. I'm just like, this is a pain. So they came over. The guy was here for a couple of hours. But when I called to make the appointment, they said, okay, he can come over tomorrow at, you know, two o'clock. 
you need to wear a mask. Whoever is going to be there in the home needs to wear a mask. And I thought, yeah, okay. even though it's my home, he's coming in, he's doing a service for me. They can set the rules. So I think for you to go, even though you are entering someone's home, even though you, they are paying you to provide the service, there is nothing wrong with you. It's like, like if you were allergic to dogs, you could say yeah, to them, if right. you have a dog, I really need you to put the dog in another room because I have bad allergies. Mm-hmm. If that's a problem for them, they can either not hire you or they can mm-hmm. do it through online. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's not going to be too much of a problem because that that might most of my clients that I can think of like off the top of my head are not going to have an issue, but there I can just I'm saying for other people who might run into this issue, I wonder how that's going to go down. Like there's going to be these this competition where people might cuz you've already seen it in the, in the in in the uh restaurant industry. I've seen stories on the news about and heard stories from people where they will only go to restaurants who don't have mask policies or, you know, who are very lenient versus other restaurants that, that have mask policies. So people are already being picky and choosy. Maybe it'll die down a little bit. I don't know. But it is something that concerns me. And so when I think about things like vaccine passport, it's something that I'm thinking about. Is there a way that this could be somehow implemented, even maybe if it's just a one-way direction where it's something that I can say as a business professional, as a person who's going into other people's homes, I can volunteer that information. I'm I'm proud to volunteer that information and say, I am vaccinated, you know, I will be, or, you know, I tested negative or, or whatever, that I can have something that displays me as like, it's almost like, I hate to say it, but it's almost like verified blue check marks <laughs> on yeah. social media. Like it's some kind of way that is a verification that lets someone know that you've gone above and beyond to make your services safer than say somebody else. Cause I haven't had that happen yet where there's only, and it's only been a handful of times, like the HVAC guy that came out and I think a roofer inspector, but they didn't have to like really come in the house, but twice HVAC people did have to come inside the house and the realtor had to come inside the house. But because I'm high risk, I'm always like the first one to say it. Like, can you please make sure that whoever you send over here is masked and, you know, social distance? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like they go into their spiel. And, but I always get to them first. So it's just something to think about. It's interesting the times that we're living in as far as digitizing medical records. I remember so long ago, my gosh, it's been over a decade that we started talking about digitizing portable health records. Do you remember back in like, I think it was in the beginning of the Obama administration where there was this big push. They don't for do it here. Healthcare. They don't really. Do it here. No, 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 nothing's digitized. No. Oh, I mean, nothing, wow. nothing. Uh, let me rephrase that. Nothing that we can have access to like you do. I know when I go to my primary uh-huh. doctor, he has his iPad and he's taking notes and putting everything yeah. on his iPad. And it goes wherever yeah. it goes. And then if I say I need a new prescription, it just fills it out right on his iPad, sends it to the pharmacy. But there's no, um, at least not with my set of doctors, there's no online mm-hmm. portal like you have. Interesting. Where, where I wow. can look so, up and yeah. I can say, okay, you know, the last time I went to the doctor was here. And oh, yeah, I got a shot mm-hmm. in this state. I don't have that. Wow. Yeah, that's that would be hard to live without for me because I need all that stuff. And I'm constantly downloading it. It's it's just it's so important. I mean, even with my kiddos, they have special needs. I have to have all of that so- stuff documented, which I, I guess is why it's on my mind, maybe more so than others, because I just need so much documentation because of, you know, we've been, you know, 
had them on benefits and stuff. And they ask you so many questions and it's just hard to keep track of. You brought up something interesting. You said that you input some data into one password, you know, using your password manager to store some of this stuff. Yeah. What was it that you put in like the, I made a secure note. No, I made a secure Uh note and took a picture of the actual card, the COVID card that they give you with the date and which vaccine it was. Yeah. I took a picture of it. I put it in my vault. I put it in my shared vault with my husband and then I did it with my son and then I made my husband do it and he just you know gave me the you know the the hairy eyeball again like why are we doing this I'm like just do it (laughs) just do it you'll think so (laughs) we have each other's card just in case and then when we go back for our second shot I will do it all over again I'll just delete the old picture because I don't need that one and so if for whatever reason someone needs proof but we can't do it through the QR code I can just open up one password and say here Here's a copy of my vaccination card. Yeah, I wonder if hopefully that'll fly. I mean, that'll be good. I would also probably because I'll copy that then I'll probably do that with ours. Nate has his and then I'll get mine. Um, But I would probably take whatever text that's there, like the I think it's called the lot number. Because isn't there like a, you know, a code for the type of shot that you got? Like if it was Pfizer or Moderna? I mean, I'm just saying this yeah, well, it, Yeah, it pictures. does. It has, it's, it had the yeah. date. It had, yeah, and it yeah. said Pfizer because we had a Pfizer. Because I'm thinking that number is going to become important in the future. And I'm thinking it's either going to be, I mean, dare I say it, what if there was like a recall? Like what if there was like a batch of particular vaccine that they found was not as effective or, you know, something like that. What if there was something? I don't want to like worry people or anything. This is just me speculating on something. But what I really think is going to come in handy for is if there becomes a need for boosters. So they might say like, okay, everybody in this group, like get out your card and look at your number. Like, yeah, it does. Everybody gets a door prize. Yeah, it says (laughs) one dose COVID-19 Pfizer, and then it's got the manufacturer lot number, the Mm -hmm. date, and where it was Mm -hmm. given. So I'm thinking that lot number is going to be important, and I would want to make that searchable. So if I'm sitting there watching the news or you know reading stuff online and a news bulletin comes through or something, and they say there was either an issue with this particular lot, check your cards, look at your numbers, see if you're in that group, or, you know, we're now doing boosters and, you know, this is the lot. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a reason why they put that information on that card, and I think it has to do with with those kinds of components. So I would w- I would want to make that searchable. Is there anything else on the card that would be um, unique to nope. your card that you would want to be able to look up in a search besides the lot number? Just has the lot number, the date you took it, the name, whether it was Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson Johnson, and then the location of where you got the shot, your name and your birth date. Yeah, and all that other stuff you have everywhere else. So I would I would say the lot number. So I just think it's interesting. Um, in fact, I even tweeted a while ago thinking about this whole idea of having some kind of a passport. I thought it would be really great to have a template, like an actual category in one password. Like, you know how you have memberships and you have your social security number and your driver's license. I think it would be interesting to have an actual category that was like medical records or, you know, vaccines or, or something like that. And um, when Password tweeted back to me that, you know, a secure note would be a good place to start. So, yep, that's, so yeah, I think, where I, put uh, mine. I think that'd be a good a good tip for using that uh, that all around password manager for stuff like that. OK, um, another uh, another geeky thing I wanted to um, report on before we get into our meat and potatoes of the show today 
is the reminders tip that I shared last time. Man, I have been really using that a lot and I really, really like it. And and I just wanted to remind everybody in case they haven't, uh, go back to the last episode, show notes at least, and I put a link to it in, in show notes from last time where Apple, you know, gives you pictures and, and instructions on how to use it. And the thing that I'm talking about is, um, let's say Elisa and I are, are texting each other. I can say, you know, hey, S lady, remind me about this later. And then she'll say, when would you like to be reminded? Or you can directly say, you know, if I'm, if Elisa sent me a text, but I don't have time to re- reply to it. And there was like something more that I wanted to say than just, you know, got it or thumbs up. I could say, remind me about this in two hours or something like that. Um, I'm using a lot with, um, email messages or links that I don't want to forget about. If you tap or click the share icon now in that list there, and I guess it, it's probably been there, but now I'm, I'm honed in on it. You can now see that reminders is one of the choices that you can select. And then you can create a reminder based on what you shared from that other app. So say, for example, if you're in Safari, and you're looking at a website, and you, you just don't have time to read it now, and you have to like reboot your machine. I mean, this is what I went through. And you don't want to lose that link, but you don't really want to bookmark it. And it's something you're working on, and you're in the middle of tap that share icon and add it to your reminders, and then it'll come back to you. I get distracted by a lot of things in case you haven't been able to tell. <laughs> so I've been finding that really, really helpful. I really, really like that tool. Uh, let's see what else. Um, something I want to throw out to the listeners. I'm going to call this a scream time uh, in the settings. I, I don't know. Have you ever turned on screen time even just to mess around with it, Elisa? I turned it on. I don't use it. I still get that Sunday morning at 9 a.m. You're you know, usage is up or down. It's like, I, I just need to turn that off. I just. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that can be really helpful. And, you know, of course, you're using it as from an adult perspective, just want to see, you know, track your time. I mean, for me, it's like I, I struggle with insomnia. And there's a lot of times where I'm using it as a distraction because I'm dealing with, with chronic pain a lot. But there's times where I'm like, oh, come on, this is just ridiculous. And so I kind of do want that nagging little glitch that that gets thrown in my way that says, do you really, really want to spend this much more time on Twitter? Come on, you've, you've had enough, you know. But what I really use it for is with my kids. And it, it's a constant battle. Of course, they don't like it. Of course, they don't. But my, my kiddos, they both have ADHD. And we need to have something in place, some kind of restriction, some kind of scaffolding that helps keep them on track. And screen time has been really a helpful tool. But lately, I don't know why. It's like, you know, the last time we talked, it was about the reminders glitch that I had, which lately, knock on wood, that has still been fixed. I've been able to use my watch just like I used to be able to use it. And I'm very, very happy that that's back. I don't want to ever lose that again. And now it seems like there's always got to be something in its place. And so lately it's been screen time, which I'm calling scream time instead, because it does. It makes me want to scream. The reason being, when I look at the devices, I have a picture there that I'll share in the show notes later, but you can see that my, if you look at the picture, Elisa, my husband's phone is on the left and my phone is on the right. And on the left, it shows that it's Lucian's phone. Lucian has um, an SE and then Keegan has an old 6S. And what happened though is on my phone for Lucian's, it shows Keegan's phone. Mm. <laughs> so it's just, it's messed up. And I And I know it has something to do with maybe... Because, you know, I recycle the phones, right? So what used to be one person's phone has been through like two people by the time the little guy gets it. 
So it could have something to do with that. But the fact that it shows up correctly on my husband's phone and it does not show up correctly on my phone. And then there's the other issue of my husband is the family organizer. Like I really should be the family organizer. But long story short, we used to share his Apple ID. So I had to make him the family organizer. And then I just kind of administer things. And it's always just like with your husband's like, give me your phone. Okay, you know, he kind of hands it over like, well, he doesn't even question anymore. Like, not that he ever really did to begin with, but he knows that I need to tinker with something. So I'm going to throw that out to the listeners. If anybody has else has experienced this issue where you're in a family and, you know, you or somebody else is the family organizer and the kids' phones are not showing up on your device, like all of, all of the information that I need to be able to see, like the amount of time that he's spending on stuff you know, how distracted he is by certain apps. It all shows up on my husband's screen, but it doesn't show up on mine. And yet I can make screen time modifications. I can, you know, put an app restriction on. I can change how much time he's allowed on stuff. All that stuff I can do, but it will not report the usage and it doesn't report the correct device in the list. So if anybody else is having that problem and they fixed it, I really, really, really want to hear from you. Or if you're having the same problem and you haven't fixed it, then hopefully, you know, you can be like, yeah, that's me too. And if I do find a solution, if I do figure it out, then I will share it. It's probably going to involve me unchecking all the boxes and signing out of iCloud and like wiping my phone and starting all over again, which I've done with my watch so many yes. times. Like I don't anytime, have to do that. Anytime I call Apple support and they say, Sign out yeah. of iCloud and sign back in. I'm like, you really yeah. want to make me cry? No. You know, or, or unpair or wipe it out and start again. I'm like, uh, I'm not that strong. No, I can't right. do that right and now. And it usually does fix things. I just wish that it didn't have to be this like nuke and pave type of solution. Which, you know, I do that enough anyway. I mean, when we get new devices right. every couple of years, I do a fresh nuke and pave. It's just, you know, it's not necessarily painful then because I've chosen to do it and because I have my reasons. But having to do it a couple of times throughout the year is just, it's just frustrating. Which brings me to another thought. And you probably don't want to hear this, but because I like you, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> you mentioned that you had uh, Spectrum over again to replace mm -hmm. the modem again. Yeah, they gave it, they replaced it with the same modem. Yeah. Different box, though, right? Like it, a brand new modem, just same model. It was the same exact yeah. thing that I picked up at the store two months ago. You being the geek that you are, and you have quite a few other devices around. Like, I, I remember we talked about this, I don't know, months ago now. And I said, you know, you're probably going to have to disconnect all the other stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, there's like 30 things. And I believe you because I know having to do that in my house. Yeah, I, I have to wonder, did they, did they even bring it up? Your, your dots and your echoes and your this and your that and like your Roku's and all the other devices that have to connect wirelessly. I wonder if they're hammering on your bandwidth. You know oh, what I mean? Like this, I wonder if there's this is my thought. Something what rogue. He, what he did is he replaced the cable wire that came from the basement to the modem. He goes, this one's a little crunchy. If you, he goes, the coax. Yeah. So he replaced that. Then Good. he took some wires out of the basement. He goes, you have a bunch of amplifiers down here, which aren't hurting, but they're not doing anything because you don't have a cable box anymore because my uh -huh. cable is now through streaming instead of the actual cable box, which is good and bad. Mm -hmm. um, the bad part is sometimes it doesn't record things on the DVR. Mm -hmm. And then 
It does. It, it, it's, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like I could be like, for example, last week, American Idol. I was taping that at, at eight o'clock. I never start anything on time because I want to go through the commercials. And I checked it about 830. It shows under scheduled American Idol, 8 p.m. But it wasn't under recorded. Yeah. So I ended up expected behavior. (laughs) Yeah. So I ended up having to. Do you have a teenager in your box? (laughs) Yeah, I just had to watch it live. And then about 1015 when it was over, then it appears in my recorded. And it does that. And that's one of the things I called about and complained about because I Mm. said, there's no rhyme and reason. It's not like it only happens on NBC on Tuesdays or it only happens with this particular show. There's no pattern. Any channel, any day, (laughs) any time, who the heck knows? And they're, well, that's Mm -hmm. a known issue. So that's kind of like a side point. But he took out the amplifier. He took, because I only need to have that back if I decide to go back to a box. They put Mm. new wires down there. He checked the outside wires. Everything is good. I'm wondering for noise. I'm wondering if the problem is um, the Roku's. That's what I was going to say. I wonder if there's certain apps that are either legacy or older or don't have, you know, updated well, I, firmware. I looked up the slower. Roku. I looked up the Roku and uh, mm-hmm. I bought it in 2018. So it's only three years old. I'm like, yes, yeah, there's a newer version of what I bought. But I'm like, it's only three mm-hmm. years old. It's not like, you know, God, the I've firmware? been the same Roku for 10 years. Everything, it updates on its own. And I'm constantly restarting okay. it. It happens more at night than it does during the day, and it seems mm-hmm. to happen a lot toward the end of a show. So if it's an <laughs> hour show and I've got 10 minutes left, it does a lot of buffering. But, and sometimes to the point where I have to go completely out, come back in again, it's a pain in the neck. But here's the problem. I cannot buy a new Roku because Spectrum and Roku did not come to an agreement. So oh, if really? I delete the app, I cannot get it back. It's wow. kind of like what YouTube TV has had with Google. I'm sorry, YouTube TV had with, I think, Fire Stick, I think it might have been, where they couldn't hmm. get along. And they, so you couldn't get that app on the Fire Stick. If I'm, I hope I remember that correctly. I said to the, so I said to the guy, well, if I buy a new Roku, once I sign into my Roku app, I should have the Spectrum app. Because what happens is when I have an app on one TV, I have it on all. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, if I if I go downstairs right now and I download, um, you know, YouTube, t- if I download YouTube, it will show up on all my TVs. And he hmm. said, no, it won't work. And I don't want to take that chance. Hmm. So I'm kind Meanwhile, of... Meanwhile, I'd be like, yeah, watch me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of stuck now. So I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> because every every so often, on when you turn the TV, before it brings you to the home screen, it'll say, do not delete the Spectrum app. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Because if you do, you're not That's getting funky. it back. And if I can't That's get funky. it back, I can't watch TV. Hmm. So I'm kind of in a, I'm kind fair. of stuck right now. So once it's like a Ro- hijacked. Yeah. So once Roku and Spectrum work out their differences, I think at that point I might just buy another Roku. You know, it's like 25 bucks on Amazon. And Meanwhile, you're not able to really troubleshoot if that's the bottleneck that's causing your speed issues. Because I have no problem. Well, I shouldn't say I have no problems. I have no problems using. Okay, I have the Spectrum app on my phone and on my iPad. It works better than the Roku does, but it still buffers. If I use Mm -hmm. Showtime or HBO Max directly on my iPad, no problem. 
But if I use them through the Roku, it buffers. So it might be the mm. Roku that's causing the problems. But again, I can't replace it because I can't take the chance mm -hmm. that once I sign back into my Roku account, it will automatically give me the Spectrum app. So I have to wait until they work out their differences. Makes you wonder if like other people are having the same problem in forums somewhere. But it, what annoys me the most is it's only three years old. It's not that old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not that old. You know, like I said, if it was yeah. a 10-year-old, I know I bought this back in 2010 or something, then I could say, okay, I'm due for an upgrade. Are there any other devices like Echoes or Dots or are there any other Wi-Fi devices that are just still connected that are like really old or, no. you know, maybe like a really old Kindle that's slowing things down? Nope. No. My Kindle a lot, I turn off Wi-Fi when I'm reading just to save the battery. Um, the Echo mm. Dots... They're all... Have you ever made a list of everything and like really counted them up? Because I have. Oh, a I can. I can list. see it in my Eero app. Oh, oh, that's cool. Okay. And I yeah. look through. So and I if just you go, had oh to, that would take a long time to get through all those devices. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I wanted to bring up because I was I was wondering if there was something. It sounds like you're on the verge of maybe making a discovery though. But yeah, you're kind of stuck when you can't really fully troubleshoot it. It would be interesting if other listeners are having the same issues or maybe in the forums or something. So. How should we tell listeners to get a hold of us if they are having some of these issues? If they're if they're if they're you know shaking their fist or they're yelling at their speaker right now and going, "Oh my gosh, that's me! I, I figured it out. Here it is." How would they tell us, Elisa? Well, probably the quickest way would be to follow us on Twitter at Geekiest Show, and they can tweet at us, and we'd be happy to get into a conversation with them. And they can also send us an email, podcast at geekiestshowever dot com. And again, we would love to have the feedback and get into a conversation. Yeah, that would be great. We can totally geek out about that. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we move on to our meat and potatoes? So we're calling this um, pandemic escapism. And we didn't want to dwell so much on the pandemic itself, the vaccination, the, all the, ugh, the frustrating safety issues and everything. And we thought, why don't we have some fun and let's talk about some of the TV and the things that we're watching or listening to or, or just doing to kind of take our minds off of it for a while. So I started making a list and I keep adding to it every time we want to talk about this, this topic. Um, so I thought what we do is I'll go through my list and Elisa and I will kind of like go back and forth and you might want to play along and either, you know, check off your bingo card if you've already watched this or if you've been meaning to watch it, but you're not sure, then you might want to listen and we might give you our, our uh, feedback on whether or not we liked it or what were the redeeming qualities about it? And we'll try not so, to give any spoilers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers if we can help it. Because uh, I don't like that either. <laughs> so let's start out with... Um, I, I've kind of listed these, and, and these will be in the show notes, so I'm not going to go through everything that I have written here. But uh, the most recent one that I started watching is called Resident Alien. And that's a Joss, a Joss Whedon production. And I've, I've liked some of his other stuff. You may be familiar with him from um, Firefly. And there was a show that I really liked called Dollhouse. It, it's just, it's, it's sci-fi. It's uh, usually involving some kind of um, 
body snatcher kind of a thing. I'll just leave it at that so that there's not too many spoilers. But I really like it. It's very funny. It's very cringy. There's there's a lot of things that really, did they really just go there? Did they just say that? Did they just do that? So if you like that kind of stuff, you might like Resident Alien. I've been watching it on the Peacock Network, which is something that you can get for free if you're an Xfinity customer. And then I think it's like five bucks a month if you want to get the premium. Um, after <laughs> I've, I've told you this, I've, I always tell my husband, like my husband always wants to watch comedies at nighttime. And I have such a hard time trying to wind down when I'm watching a comedy because it's so stimulating. And I just end up like laughing and I just end up like more awake than than ever. And so I usually have to watch some kind of murder mystery or some kind of drama to calm myself down. And uh, I, I will do a little bit of a spoiler warning about this one. So if you are, if you do get sucked into Peacock like I did, there was a um, there was a John Wayne Casey documentary, and I guess it's got several episodes. And I got sucked into the first episode, and the second episode I was like, "Wow, this is really fan, you know fascinating," and the criminal mind and all that kind of stuff. And you get to the end of the second episode, and they're like, "Oh, well, if you want more, you have to pay for the premium." So there's the little gotcha for that. So just a heads up in case you're into that kind of stuff. Um, next one on the list is um, I'm just going to skip over this because you said you weren't interested in the sci-fi and the resident alien. Um, the next one on the list I have is El Camino. So I am a major Breaking Bad fan and I just, I just absolutely love it. I am not usually the type of person that watches something more than once. I, I'm usually just, I, once was enough. There's so many other things that I want to see. I don't have time to watch it again. But now I'm going through this very interesting phase in parenthood where my oldest child is now a teenager and he can handle this kind of stuff you know he's he's like into the fake gore and things like that and he's starting to get into the more deeper stuff and so now i can watch these things with him and so i i waited and waited and waited and we wanted to watch the el camino movie now if for those of you who don't know it is the um what do they call it it's a is it a sequel it's not a sequel it's a pre i guess it's a sequel yeah it it kind of picks up where they left off at the end, and then it kind of ties up some loose ends and things. And so in order to watch this, though, because I wanted to watch this, I wanted this to be like a mother son kind of a thing. So then that meant watching Breaking Bad all over again from the very beginning and all the episodes. So we did that. And then finally, a year after it came out, I finally got to see El Camino. It was worth the wait. Um, I really, really liked it. I thought what was really interesting about it, like if, you know, the geekier side of things was the fact that, and I hadn't thought about this at the time when I was watching it, but the fact that they pulled this off, they made this movie six years after the last show finished airing. Six years. And you don't really think about it until you until you watch somebody talk about this, and then you sort of kind of notice some things, but still, they pulled it off. They really, really did. I mean, six years went by and one of the actors gained a bit of weight or, you know, grew. I mean, some of the actors were a lot younger. And, you know, of course, because they were younger, then they had a lot of, you know, maturing going on and their facial changes and stuff. But I thought it was really well done. So I liked it. Did you did you watch it? You've seen the whole Breaking Bad series? Twice. Yes, twice. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Breaking Bad. You usually don't like stuff, but you've watched it twice, huh? Breaking Bad is one of those shows like a couple of others that you have listed that I won't I won't talk about but like Mad Men, like Game of Thrones, the cable TV shows that you really have to binge because there's so much going on. There Sometimes is. from the beginning of the season to the end, 
so much happened that you don't remember what happened at the beginning of the season. Well, think about that. And then a year and a half to two years until the next season comes out. Forget it. You have to binge these shows. I remember watching Breaking Bad the second time and then going, oh, now I know uh-huh. what they were referencing in the, uh-huh. in the series finale. I couldn't understand what that particular item meant. Uh-huh. And now I and remember so because details. it was so many years in between everything. So I highly, highly, highly recommend binging. And I don't mean you have to watch it all in one day. But you watch yeah. one season in maybe two or three weeks, not 20 weeks. Yeah. The way they're on. Um, Breaking Bad is just one of those shows that is, there's so many details and and in a good way, not in a bad way. And I'm a very detail oriented person. Oh, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could show you. It's it's downstairs, but I have a knitting bag with Walter White. Oh, get out. (laughs) You have to take a picture of it later. (laughs) We'll put in the show notes if you get it in a time. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I have been begging. I have so many funny stories. I I have been begging my dad to watch it, and he just won't do it. I don't know. There's some people that just can't budge. I know he would like it if he watched it, but he just – there's other things he wants to watch instead. But what's funny is my dad, when he shaves – my dad does all this kinds of crazy stuff with his hair. Like sometimes he'll just have this big, huge fro, and other times he'll shave it off. But he, um, at least during the summer, he'll usually shave his head completely bald and he'll just leave a goatee and he looks just like Walter White. And so I finally broke down and I did it and I just didn't even care that he wasn't watching it. I went online, I went on Amazon and I found a pork pie hat for like, you know, it was like a a prop for like 10 bucks. And I I sent it to him and he's like, what is this? So he took a picture, of course. He put it on. He took a selfie. And I showed Lucian. And we just died laughing. We were like, oh, my God, Pop-Up looks like Walter White. And he just, he has no idea. I oh, just sent you oh. a picture of a cross-stitch that I made. It says the evolution of Walter White. And it's got Walter White in five different. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, five different That's... iterations of him as he progressed <laughs> through the season. And one of them is with the glasses oh. and the hat. I see. <laughs> The yellow hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah. Right after oh the God. show was over, I went on oh Etsy and I found that pattern. I'm like, okay, it's mine. So I bought it and I and it's, I've got it up on my wall. Elisa, this is a side of you I've never seen, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. But as far as this El Camino, my husband liked it. I thought it was kind of yeah. boring. I was yeah, really, I, know I was disappointed. Was I was disappointed. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. one thing about that show was that the characters got right back into it, even though it's been six years. Yeah. I can't remember Jesse's friends' names, the drug addicts that were, you know, that he's hanging around with. They were the same. Yeah. yeah. Skinny Pete. <laughs> yes, yes. Skinny Pete. Yes. Him and the, there was the other guy. And Badger. Yeah. I just couldn't remember their names. Yes. The two well, of them. It's funny. Real quick before I forget, Badger, the guy who played Badger, he's in the show that the, the comedy that Nate and I keep watching at night where I end up laughing so hard and I can't fall asleep. It's called Mom. It's just called Mom and it's on Hulu. And Badger plays the ex-husband. He plays like the deadbeat dad kind of guy. And when I first came out, I was like, oh, my God, it's Badger. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was able to create his own character. But it is it is loosely based off of like a stoner kind of guy. So but I get so excited whenever I see. Oh, what is his name now? I had it on my tip of my tongue. Um, he played in. Um, well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian. He played the bad guy. Oh, what is his name? He, he played uh, Fring, G- Gustavo Fring. 
Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I can't think you know of his who name. I mean. Yes, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I probably have it in the notes and I just haven't. Uh, He's a major character in Better Call Saul. Yes, yes. So let's see. I don't have that on the list, but I but I did start watching Better Call Saul again. So I had finished the first season, loved it. And I'm now in the second season. It's a little slow going, but I'm willing to do it because I've heard so many good things about it. I haven't, I haven't heard anything but good things about it. So I'm, I'm willing to watch it. But again, that's one of those things where I think I, I wore my kid out and I wore my husband out. So they're like, yeah, that, it was great. We liked it, but they're not as into it as I am. So now I'm on my own to watch Better Call Saul. So now, now that's going to be my, my solo, my single mom TV baby. <laughs> My husband oh, and I no. have like a TV baby, which is Resident Alien right now, and now I have like my single baby because that'll Gian- be what I Giancarlo watch. Giancarlo Esposito, that's Gus. Yes, French. thank you, thank Giancarlo you. Esposito. Bother me so much. Yes, yeah, he is amazing. He's just a very, very talented actor, and so now I get yeah. so excited when I see him in something. I'm like, oh my god, is he going to be a bad guy? Is he going to be a good guy? He's going to be a bad guy, isn't he? I mean, the one He's thing about Better guy. Call Saul, it's another show I think is kind of boring, and my husband doesn't. We watch it, but my husband doesn't like it, and it's not coming back until 2022, which is, yeah, you know, which said. I know is you know partly due to the pandemic, but it's another show where they have a year and a half in between episodes, you know, between yeah. seasons. It's like, oh, and I know. Well, it's a good um, thing I'm watching it now because by the time I get done, maybe it'll be 2022. <laughs> what's interesting with Better Call Saul is how you see the characters prior to when they made their debut in Baking Bad. So mm-hmm. sometimes you look at someone and you go, I know it's going to happen to mm-hmm. you in a couple of years. Yeah. But seeing yeah. the trans the transformation from what they were like in Better Call Saul and then how they change once they get into Breaking Bad. How they uh-huh. potentially maybe if maybe they die, maybe they change personality from good to bad or bad to good. You know, maybe they were healthy and now they're not. May, you know, just all these different things, how things change over the course of time. So it's interesting to see someone who might have been a really bad guy in Breaking Bad is a really good guy in mm-hmm. Better Call Saul, and you see mm-hmm. what happens in their life that makes that change. Yeah, it's and you very, learn a lot very... more about Mike. Oh, interesting. He's a great character, too. Uh, so it's interesting. I kind of like in a life imitates art or art imitates life kind of a way in a me- very meta way, because what we've gone through over the past four years and now with the pandemic is it's kind of like that, too. Like, do you I don't know if you catch yourself doing this or if you do this on purpose or if you just catch yourself doing it. But I catch myself doing it on purpose where I will sometimes crave to watch something that's pre-pandemic, something that was, you know, with the times, and then look back on it, like something that might have like current events in it, you know, something that has the mentionings of stuff that went that we went through politically and economically and stuff. And I and I watch it, and it's very twisted. And I look and I think, gosh, those were simpler times. We thought that, you know, XYZ was such a big deal. And it was it so was not such a big deal (laughs) compared to what we've dealt with over the course of the past year. It's like a, I call it time capsule watching, because it's like you're watching something from a time. And and that'll actually, that's a really good segue into Mr. Robot, because that's what I went through. That's what I was experiencing with Mr. Robot. When I was watching Mr. Robot, and I don't know, you watched this probably quite a while ago, but I had only watched it recently, and I was getting a little, like, mind-blown seeing a lot of the things that were very current that ended up – it was almost like foreshadowing. It was almost like 
you know, this stuff happened years ago, like, you know, 2013, 14, 15 years prior to the election cycle, prior to the pandemic, prior to all this stuff. And then these things sort of happened or they happened in ways that were hinted about in the show, you know, and I sat there watching it. You know, we're talking about escapism, right? But Mr. Robot was really challenging because there were times when it didn't feel so escapey. <laughs> there were times when it almost was bringing me back into current times and almost like making me panic just a little bit, thinking about dystopian futures, thinking about, you know, like what we went through in the beginning of the pandemic was we had, you know, threats to our food supply. We had threats to our, you know, toilet paper supply for crying out loud. You know, we finally got a bidet. I don't like worry about toilet paper anymore. I've, you know, just decided to change my life in that aspect. But I mean, I'm just talking about something as simple as the threat to some kind of a supply was scary at the time. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, there was the meat factories and all of a sudden you couldn't, you know, get dog food for your dog. You couldn't get certain kinds of, you know, meat stacks. It's like, okay, I, I can live without beef jerky for a while. Come on. But some of the stuff and like now what's going on with the there's the big ship that's stuck in the Suez Canal. And I, I guess there's like, you know, chipsets on there and there's like things that we need and we might be headed for another, you know, bump in the road when it comes to supply chain. Mr. Robot was making me think a lot about supply chain, a lot about like how our products get to us and how our money is circulated and all of the stuff that's going on with with cryptocurrencies. And now there's NFTs and there's all this stuff. And it's just like. A lot of in Mr. Robot, I was like, I'm not escaping very much here. <laughs> this is making me think too much about what could really go wrong, you know. So that was that was a little anxiety uh, driven. And how, was, how long ago did you watch it? Did, uh, it? did it raise your anxiety? What, what did you no, think of Mr. Robot? It was really hard to follow. And it was another one of those shows mm -hmm. where you need to binge because there was yeah. such a gap in between. Yeah, I could not imagine watching that, that like, as you're it like, played out. What happened what last season? Oh, yeah, but I think right. I can't remember when I started watching it live because I know I know I had to watch it. I can't remember now if it was on demand through Spectrum or if it was on Netflix. I don't remember how I started watching the first couple seasons, and then I was just watching it as it was uh, released every Sunday. But hmm. it was, you know, it's similar to Orphan Black. I was doing the same thing with, with Orphan Black is another... I hadn't seen that one. No. Orphan Black is another one where you've got to binge because there's so much mm -hmm. going on. It's about one person, one actress plays a clones. And oh, the, all the clones oh have different personalities. Hmm. You know, one is like a, a lesbian flower child. And one is um, a Russian. I think she's supposed to be Russian. And one is, I mean, one is a, you know, high class um, business person. I mean, they're all, but they don't know each other. They don't know the other ones exist. And it takes place That's in Canada. Dollhouse was. <laughs> it takes place in Canada outside of Toronto. It's a, it's a Canadian mm -hmm. show. And it was, it was interesting. I mean, the actress who portrayed them all was fabulous because she had to not only physically, you know, she physically changed her body, her, you know, her, her outward appearance, but also her personality and her accents. So mm. she was she was really good. But it was another one that was kind of hard to follow because they were mm. trying to find out, you know, all these clones met each other and they were trying to find out who did this to them. That sounds like that reminds me of iZombie. Have you ever watched that one? No, I never heard of that. That was that was a comedy slash whodunit mystery, you know, solve the murder kind of a thing. And it was along the same lines where it was the same actress who was phenomenal, 
who had to play all these different characters, all these different versions of herself. So, you know, just quickly, the premise was that she had become a zombie, but she was hiding it. And in order to be able to solve these murders, I guess she found out accidentally that if she ate the brain of or a portion of the brain of the person who was killed, she would have these flashbacks and be able to solve the murder. And then she was working as a coroner. <laughs> that was, you know, just very fitting. And and she would she was working alongside of this detective guy. He didn't know she was a zombie, but she played the part of this clairvoyant. That was her her shtick. That was how she made him believe that she was able to solve these cases when in, in actuality she was a zombie eating their brains and figured out how they died. Yeah. So but but the the best part, I mean it was it was very cheesy and very funny, but it was so creatively written and so well done because she had to play all these different characters. And it was just like you tune in thinking, what's she gonna be this time? You know, she because she, she would be two or three different characters over the course of one episode and it's just a lot but yeah different accents she would speak differently sometimes she would be a man i mean it was just one time she'd be a ballroom dancer another time she'd be a rapper you know it was just like range (laughs) people who have range her name is tatiana maslani and this is the description on internet movie database which is really this isn't the description of the show this is just the description of the first episode a streetwise hustler is pulled into a compelling conspiracy after witnessing the suicide of a girl who looks just like her oh wow yeah that's got a punch huh see she's got one two three (laughs) four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 13 different characters listed here. How many seasons and episodes did it play out over? It was 2013 through, where is it here? 2013 through 2017, 50 episodes. Wow. You had to put that on the list. Got to put that on the list. Yep. So. Okay. So next on our list was The Mandalorian. Did you watch The Mandalorian? I don't get Disney. And okay. nor would so, I be interested. Yes. Yeah, so that was uh, Disney Plus. And I'm not, you know, I'm not that, at least I don't think I am. I'm not that much of a of a uh, Star Wars fan, but the Baby Yoda sucked me in. <laughs> I came for the Baby Yoda and I stayed for everything else. Um, the geeky thing that I wanted to bring to light with this one, though, and the reason why I put this on the list was because, yes, Baby Yoda was like totally adorable and that's what sucked me in. But what really hooked me was the special effects. I mean, I'm the type of person who's sitting there, you know, art major, looking at all this this really great stuff and these outfits and costume designs and, and this, you know, how did they make these scenes and stuff. And then I happened to watch this Vox interview with um, Charmaine Chan. She is a visual effects artist. And I wanted to feature her that for this part. Um, I will put links in the show notes. There's a really great... YouTube video that's a Vox interview, and she talks about how she used green screen and other technologies to achieve the lighting effects that we see in The Mandalorian. So, for example, you know, just don't take it for granted when you're looking and you're watching the show and you're looking at the reflection on his helmet or you're looking about, you know, the background, they achieve that by having these, you know, all around LED screen, uh, green screen effects. And I just thought that was really fascinating. So I put a couple links to her uh, in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. It's not all about the Baby Yoda. It's all about the art and the visual effects that went into it that I think made it look so, so interesting. It was it was just a great story. And, you know, I liked, 
What I liked about it was you didn't have to be a Star Wars fan to enjoy it. You didn't have to know all of the backstories. You didn't have to know all of the history. Of course, it was always fun. You know, when I would ask a question, my husband or the kids would be able to fill me in and they'd be able to say, well, this was the that and this was the that. Um, but for the most part, I was still able to enjoy it without knowing all of the details. And then next on the list is Ted Lasso. This has been my favorite. This is another one where I watched it twice. I had to watch it twice and I would probably gladly watch it a third time because I noticed this is one of those things, again, kind of like with Breaking Bad, but this one's on like a different mental level that with Breaking Bad, there were so many um, cinematic special, um, not special effects, but cinematic details of, you know, little innuendos and little little like Easter eggs and little things in the background. And, you know, this matched that and the color palette meant something. And there was all this like mental stuff with Ted Lasso. It's like this constant quick wit and these phrases and these little things that they say. And there's these little Easter eggs that they, but it's all in things that they say and things that they do. Not so much about, again, maybe if I watched it the, the third time, I might notice like things in the actual set design in the background, but it's mostly the, the relationships between people and the things that they say and the the stuff that comes out of Ted Lasso's mouth, you know, did you watch it? Mm -hmm. What did you think? It it? took a little bit to get into. Yeah. The first first couple of episodes, episodes. I said, what is everybody, you know, thrilled about this show? Everybody said the same thing. Yeah. But then as I got into it, I mean, did I, I didn't love it, but I liked it. I'm, I'm kind of not a comedy person anymore. I think once I just got tired of all the canned laughter. And that kind of okay. pushed me yeah. away from <clears throat> that pushed me away from uh, comedies and also, you know, like full house yeah, kind of tracks really annoying. Me. And, and like mm-hmm. the, the full house kind of you got to have the wise ass kid who's always saying mm-hmm. something, you know, oh, aren't they adorable? So that kind of pushed me away from comedies that I, I just don't like to watch them anymore. But Ted Lasso mm-hmm. wasn't like that. Right. This was like a very psychological comedy. I mean, there was like there were like decisions were made here. Life lessons are, are learned here. In fact, I wrestled with it for a little bit, but both my husband and I talked about it. And, you know, our kids are, you know, they're te- tweens and teenagers. They're not, you know, they're not very mature and an adult. And there were some very mature concepts and, you know, a little bit of like sexuality in there. But I said to my husband, I was like, I think there's a lot in here that our kids could really benefit from. So that's when we watched it the second time. We watched it with the kids. And, you know, our our kids are at that age where, you know, yes, there's a lot of F-bombs. There's a lot of swearing. But it's one of those things where you kind of have to weigh the good with the bad. And it was, I don't know, was, I, I, dare I say it was very appropriate swearing. <laughs> And it was like, this is how to swear appropriately. This is how you swear. This is, these are how you use cuss words in a sentence. Um, This is women's empowerment. This is, you know, a woman who knows what she wants and who values herself. You know, these were like things that I wanted my boys to see. You know, I I just really, I just felt it was very enriching. I felt it was a good family show. Now, kids younger than them, I probably would say, like, I have nieces and nephews that I, I can only, I can't wait till they're old enough to see it. But yeah, I cannot recommend that they see it now, you know, maybe a little bit later. You know, or it could be like stuff will just go over their heads. But, um, you know, we'll just, every once in a while, like the other day, I was looking at something and my son had gotten out a little cup full of those little army men. <laughs> And I was like, oh, is that is that like a Toy Story Easter egg? You know, is that like an Apple Pixar 
Easter egg kind of thing because like there was there was definitely those things in the show. I don't know if you, there were any that you picked up on. I'm going to put my thoughts about it in the show notes, but uh, you know, so just something simple that we have laying around. It happened to be a cup of those little those little green army men, and I picked one up and I just I just like showed it to my husband. I just held it up and I went Ted Lasso, and he laughed. You know, so there's like those little things that are all around you in your life that you can kind of point to, and you could just say Ted Lasso. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's just good for the soul. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So I might actually consider watching that one a third time. That's another one where it's like, oh, gosh, I can't wait until I know COVID. But I really do look forward to when they when they bring out the second season. Because I guess in the beginning, it was like there was a question as to whether or not there was going to be another season. Because it was, it was like a slow burn. Like the first two to three episodes and everybody said the same thing. You got to get past that second and third episode, and then you're hooked. And boy, was it true! I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just um, it wasn't just talking. It, it really, really worked out that way. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention about that is um, Brene Brown. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's um, not like a I guess like a psychotherapist. Like she she does a lot of like TED talks, and she has a podcast. She's amazing. She's very very good therapy. And she is a super fan. She is like a super fan of um, Ted Lasso. And she actually interviewed Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt and asked them these, you know, rapid fire questions. So I'll put a link to the in the show notes to that episode. It's a really good listen. I really highly recommend it. What was next? I mentioned mom. And next was on the list. I have not seen it yet. I was going to ask you about the Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Did Gambit. You watch it? Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, we watched. The, that's something that my husband and I both watched together. It's not too much we watched together because he's not home very much. But yes, we did mm-hmm. watch that. That was one that a lot of people I knew said, "Oh my God, this show is so great!" And I'm like, eh, I have no interest in it. <laughs> Tom was interested, so I said, "Okay," because you know how I am. If I don't, if, I, if I'm not hooked in half an hour, I walk out because there's just too much out there. For me to yeah, waste right, my time, exactly. but this was this was mm-hmm. good. It's not just about chess. There's more to it than that. But at the end, kind of the, like Ted Lasso wasn't about. <laughs> yeah, it's like about so- European soccer. Yeah, it's like football. soccer is soccer. part mm-hmm. of it, but it's not just about soccer with Ted Lasso. Well, yes, Queen's right. Gambit. It's definitely about chess, but it's not mm-hmm. just about chess. It's just about this her life and just. I don't want to say too much about it, but what the mm-hmm. one thing I will say is when you're done makes you want to run out and buy a chessboard, you know, and, and well, start playing. Well, that'll be interesting because we have one. And the thing is, is that my my youngest, both my kids know how to play chess. I don't, my little one is trying so hard to teach me. And I don't know. And it's amazing because because he has ADHD, but he has the kind of ADHD where when he gets hyper-focused on something, like he can play, you know, he used to play Plants vs. Zombies. He is the type of kid that loves that craves to play something where he's got to think five steps ahead you know and where it's like i can't remember my name yeah i can't when do i that. start playing the game that's and my I'm husband like, wait which which direction do they go in and what does this one do and he's just got it all memorized and he can just he just he doesn't he gets upset because he he's not challenged enough and like he can't get other kids to play chess with them you know they do have chess clubs at well they did pre, you know pre-pandemic but it's one of those things where it's like it's an expensive trip and yada 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 so they've got games uh, i know my youngest watched it before we did and he really liked it so he downloaded a chess game on his iphone oh yeah yeah my, my son has chess.com yeah so that's just it he's trying to get his other friends to play and they the, they'd rather play minecraft and and other things but 
Yeah, so I we already have a chessboard, so that's good. <laughs> I'm yeah. already I'm already prepped. I'm already prepped. Yeah, so, yeah we've got one, but I don't know. I I learned when I was in eighth grade, but I haven't played probably since eighth grade. So I would need <laughs> a major refresher course on how to play. Tom did too. You know, he used to play. I think against his father. So he mm. downloaded the same game. So every now and then he'll play on his phone. Mm-hmm. I I want to sit in front of somebody and play if I'm going to play. Yeah. yeah. So, huh. I bet there's a Zoom for that. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's next on the list? We have Ray Donovan. Now, this okay. is not one that I've seen either. I These am, are getting into like That's yours. another show that everybody talked about. You got to watch Ray Donovan, but we didn't have Showtime. So I'm watching this by myself. I just started season six yesterday. I think I watched the first three episodes and there's seven seasons. It's one of those shows where it's like billions, like Homeland, which all incidentally. Say, the guy from Homeland? Was he, he in Homeland? The guy from Homeland is in Billions. Okay. Now, these are all on Showtime. I don't know if that makes it coincidental or what. Yeah, that's but what I was all, wondering. They're all the kind of shows where you start out going down this path and then like four seasons later, you are somewhere so different that it doesn't make sense anymore. You know, I know mm. TV shows have to grow and change and move forward, but this is like so far away from what it started out to be that you're going, what the hell? It's not just a character arc. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's strange, but it's basically um, Ray Donovan is from Boston. He lives in L.A., and he's what we would call a fixer. People with money, whether it's celebrities or athletes or just people with money, when they get into a, have a problem, they run into a situation, and they need someone to fix it for them, they call Ray Donovan. And mm-hmm. it's it's about him, about his family, and... Is it a, like a mafia type of thing? No, no, no. Um... Let me okay. see if I can give you the exact description on the Internet Movie Database, as I love that. Ray Donovan. Okay. It stars, um, I never can pronounce his name correctly, Liev Schreiber is in it. Okay. But I'll he's very it. deadpan, <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things where every mm. woman that he meets that he needs to help, they all want to go to bed with him. And I just <laughs> think, Why? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Is it gratuitous? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, yeah, there's a lot of gratuitous nudity in the, not so much mm-hmm. now, but in the beginning. Now, there's some, there are some scenes where it does make sense because it involves prostitutes in, in certain scenes. But then there's okay. other scenes where I'm just thinking, why did you have to show them naked? It wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. You could have filmed them from the head up and it would have had the same effect. So that I don't like. I don't like gratuitous. You know, I'm not a prude, mm-hmm. but I don't like gratuitous, gratuitous blood. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, if you if you if you don't like blood, then don't watch. But yeah, <laughs> what uh, the description is: Ray Donovan, a professional fixer for the rich and famous in Los Angeles, can make anyone's problems disappear except those created by his own family. So mm-hmm. if you have a problem with the f word, do not watch. Yeah, I don't have a every even problem, <laughs> including his young children. Every character, mm-hmm. every single character, his wife, mm-hmm. you know, That's she why I can't, asked if it was Italian, <laughs> you know, she can't use it. She, she can't. She just can't say, hey, Melissa, how are you? It has to be, hey, Melissa, how the F are you? How the F are you? <laughs> you know, it's like you, you really had to do that. Like everything they say, yeah. it's it's like, OK, come yeah. on, dude. I mean, and believe me, I drop F-bombs <laughs> left and right, but I know when not right. to. 
Right. There's a time and a place. (laughs) Yeah. So no, they're, they're, they're Irish. They're Irish Catholics from Boston. And that's an important factor that, you know, the fact that they are Irish Catholics from Boston plays into the Uh (laughs) storyline. So there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. There's, you know, his brother, his two brothers, his, um, his father who was in jail for two, uh, 20 years comes back and that's a nightmare and just a lot of stuff going on. With Ray Donovan. Sounds good. Um, we also started watching Succession, which was another show that we heard a lot of good things about. It's on HBO Max. There's two seasons so far. I believe they are in the process of filming the third season. We finished the first season. We haven't started the second one. We won't be able to for a couple of weeks because with my husband's schedule and, of course, with the basketball going on now, I told him yep. I don't want it to be we watch one episode and then it's a whole week before we watch the second episode. I said, let's just wait until that's a, that's things a tough calm TV down. Baby, you got yeah. there. <laughs> so I said, let's just yeah. you know until we can we can finish it a little more quickly. It's uh, one of those shows where every character is unlikable. There's not a single hmm. character on that show where you can say, "Oh, I'm rooting for him," and yet you keep watching it. <laughs> They're horrible people. Uh, I think it's <laughs> loosely based on the Murdochs. Uh-huh. Well, this is supposed to be pandemic escapism. Yeah, so, so why would I, I watch a bunch of horrible people? Yeah, I think they're they're <laughs> loosely based on the Murdochs who own Fox News, and uh-huh. they also own other media properties. The Murdochs do. So this family is a media. Uh, they own a media conglomerate, which is TV, radio, newspapers. Plus, they own theme parks and cruise lines, kind of like Disney. Because they talk people about they talk that. about their TV stations, they talk about their newspapers, their radio stations. Their, they talk about their theme parks and they talk about their cruise lines. And it's um, the the main character, and I haven't it's already been a while, so I've already forgotten their name. Um, a terrible, I always forget character names. It like once I'm done watching, it leaves me. Yeah, um, Succession. Here we go. Okay, the Roy family. That's right, Logan Roy. They're known for controlling the biggest media and entertainment company in the world. However, their world changes when their father steps down from the company. He has four children, um, one daughter, three sons. One son is like, I don't even know if he's mentally all there, the youngest son. He's just like off. Another son (laughs) lives in New Mexico, and he's kind of like a flower child. He's it's almost like it's a Republican house household and he's the Democrat. You know, it's mm-hmm. just very he's mm-hmm. very opposite um, in his belief system of what the rest the of the family sheep. believes in. But he's mm-hmm. still very close with everyone. And then you have the mm-hmm. one's other son who just got back from rehab because he was on cocaine. And it, it's just. It, it's just great. Well, and then I you've got the see. daughter. <laughs> yeah, you've got the daughter who is dating one of the people who works for her father but also believes in sleeping around because why not? So it, it it's almost like it's very soap opera, opera like. So I can see why you put this ahead of Schitt's Creek. <laughs> That's a, a good thing that goes uh, next. <laughs> Schitt's Creek is hysterical. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen Schitt's Creek? I've only watched the first couple of episodes. It's one of those things where I do plan on watching it. I hear nothing but great, fantastic things about it. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to know what the freaking memes mean. There's no laugh track yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about listening like, oh, you know, this, this is supposed to be the funny line because everybody's laughing. Uh-huh. It is so funny. You've got um, 
You've, it's Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, I'm Catherine O'Hara. Three episodes into it. Yeah, and, it's and the Annie, dad from American Pie. And Annie Murphy. Yeah. So those are the four yeah. main characters, you know, the husband, yeah. wife, and the two kids. And all you and hear I've heard from, that this is a com- this is like an arc, like yeah. these characters develop from one end of the spectrum to the other, or something. Like, like David, you know, that's, like that's the big Breaking thing. Bad. <laughs> this is the big thing with she's Alexis. Her name is Alexis, the character. David, <laughs> that's all you. David, so that's one of the. <laughs> I can picture. Ew, I can picture the ew. meme doing that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a, just, but basically Johnny Rose, that's Eugene Levy. <clears throat> he owns a chain of video stores. Is that the creepy guy? That's Eugene Levy. Or is it the dad? The dad. Okay, okay, okay. And he owns a chain oh, of video stores. Oh, that's how he got into his millions or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the creepy guy. <laughs> that makes me cringe in every single show that he's ever in. I got to go find out. Who, what Are you talking about is. Chris Elliott? Yes, that's who it is. Oh, Ro- his name is Roland Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's definitely, he is definitely creepy. No filter. So Eugene Levy, <laughs> right. Johnny Rose, he owns this video so store cringe. chain. And it turns out that his um, his accountant never paid taxes. So he loses right. everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He loses everything. And his yeah. wife is a soap opera actress who is uh-huh. not as good as she thinks she is. But she thinks she drama is, queen. you know, very. And the son's a drama queen, too. Yes, he's a drama queen. A drama king, queen. Oh, she's a drama queen. And so yeah, yeah, is yeah. so is Alexis, because Alexis will always make reference to, well, it's not as like bad as that son. time that I was stuck on an airplane over Kuwait with, you know, my boyfriend. And then we had to jump and then we went to a party at the kingdom. And, you know, and she just talks it very matter of factly, like all this money that they've had. Like, how come you don't? And mm-hmm. I'm so much better than you. And that was her Boy, attitude. Girl. But you see mm-hmm. the you see the change. What ends up happening is they find out that through this process of losing their their home, that they yeah. own this town called Schitt's Creek. Right, right. And yeah. they own the hotel at Schitt's Creek. <laughs> so they move into the hotel. So you've got Mora and Johnny in one room, and then you've got David and Alexis in another. And this is where they live <laughs> right. through the entire time. Yeah. And it just oh, shows really? the evolution. Oh, wow. So it's not just funny, but it just shows the growth of them as people. Yeah. And how they acclimate it almost sounds to like the, the town opposite that of Breaking in. Bad. It's just really funny. I mean, some of the characters are so... like, like My favorite is Stevie. She is the person mm-hmm. who manages the hotel. She is okay, yeah, so... I know deadpan Mm -hmm. that she just cracks me up she reminds me of um one of the actors in the breakfast club oh ali sheedy ali sheedy Uh do you think the same thing does that sound about right yeah very quiet very deadpan Mm -hmm. very like smart assy kind of you know yeah some of her one-liners are hysterical and then the actress who plays twyla is actually eugene levy's daughter she runs yeah, she runs the diner oh. that they oh, wow. always okay. go to. But they it's it's really it's funny. It, because it's yeah, subtle. It's, definitely it's subtle not to watch. It's not one of those shows where one of those comedy shows that I can't stand where you can see them trying to make a joke. Mm-hmm. This is just life. It's and just really things well. that they do. It is it, it's won a lot of Emmys. And yeah. it's it's funny. It's funny. But the thing is with my with my husband, they're twenty three minutes long, these shows. So you can oh, watch, really? you can watch oh, like five or six episodes 
Yeah, Uh because it was a 30-minute show on Pop TV. So you take out the commercials, and it's 23 minutes. You can Uh watch five or six episodes in the time it would take you to watch a movie. Yeah, he that's, would, how, that's how Mom is going along on, on Hulu, the show yeah. called Mom. They're yeah, very it's a half hour. Yeah, it's and, a half yeah, hour. It's like com. four of them in a row. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, he would only watch two. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. So we would watch two successions, which would take yeah, just under two out. hours. And I'd say, yeah. wait a minute. You watch 40 minutes of Shit's Creek and you're like, okay, I'm done. I can't watch anymore. But you're watching <laughs> two hours in a row of Succession or The Queen's Gamut. And then he's like, uh, yeah. It's like, that's not how you binge. <laughs> Learn how to binge. <laughs> Maybe he's like me and he needs that murder to calm his nerves. <laughs> like, ah, oh. I so, can't handle the comedy right before bed. <laughs> oh, I love it. Shit's Creek is definitely one I want to oh. watch again. Okay, sounds good. I might just have to. It can be our baby. I'll just watch it with you. It's, yeah, we'll have I, our own affair. And David is great too. I love David. I mean, he's just. <laughs> He, he's one of these people that is, he thinks he is better than everybody, mm-hmm. and people just accept him for that. And mm-hmm. it, it's, I, love, <laughs> I still love David. And when you see, and then, you know, the me, and then once you'll see the memes make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, I'm looking and forward then, to that. Finally, I subscribed yeah, to Save Disney the last, Plus for last. back in July. Um, just so I could watch Hamilton. And Disney was confess, smart. I haven't seen it yet. And oh, I my want God. To, but I, oh my I God. haven't been able to get the kids. Mandalorian won out. We, we signed up for Disney Plus to watch Hamilton. I got all excited about it. I asked you about it. And how long ago was that? Yeah. So yeah. It was back in July. It and it used to be you could get, I don't know, what was it? Two weeks free of Disney Plus. I forget exactly how long it was. Mm-hmm. But once they released Hamilton, they said, oh, no more free trials. You got to pay. I'm like, okay. Oh, it was, I believe was the price cow. is going up to $7 now. I just read. Mm going to seven dollars is he so i paid six dollars i'm like that's fine no no big deal and you've seen it what three times four times i watched it i watched it once by myself i watched it once (laughs) with shane because he was home for the summer Uh i watched it once with my husband which surprised me because i didn't think he would be interested and i watched it once by myself closed caption because he came Mm -hmm. home from work and he's like you're watching it again I'm like, I said, yeah, my my month is over in a couple of days. I wanted to watch it. And watching it with (laughs) the subtitles really, really helps. Because normally I'm knitting or something when I'm I'm watching TV because I just can't just sit there and watch. But I did watch it that one time, did not knit, did not do anything. I focused right on on the TV and I watched the subtitles. And it's, I think for something like Hamilton, it's really, yeah, because it is fast paced. Because they wrap so quickly and you can't catch everything they say. Mm -hmm. So once you know exactly what they're saying, the entire story makes more sense, obviously. So definitely a subtitles person. So you're what? It helps me. I'm definitely a subtitles person. It helps me process. Yeah. Well, especially like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. One time I'm watching it and I put the subtitles on. I'm like, oh, that's what they said. Okay. Uh Now, even though I have the soundtrack and I listen to it a lot for Hamilton, the original soundtrack, you still, they're rapping so quickly that you don't know exactly what they're saying. So put the subtitles on and listen, and then you can go, okay, now I understand why 15 minutes later, character A said this to character B because they talked Uh about it 15 minutes ago in that song. Uh Like, okay, now I get it. You've got to thread it through. Yeah. It's it's like mental (laughs) cross-stitching. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Hamilton was really good. Now, I did see the touring company in 2000. 19 when it came by 
Um, and I was really excited about that. And I wasn't overly enthused. And I think for some, and I already had the soundtrack by then. And I think it was because for some reason I got really, really tired. So I couldn't appreciate it. But if it ever does come back, if, you know, theater ever mm -hmm. comes back again, and it does come back, I'm going to I'm going to go back again and watch it. And I think yeah. I'll be able to appreciate it more. So I highly recommend Hamilton. So I noticed you have a an app listed here, and I just thought of one as you were talking about this, about, you know, you mentioned subtitles and like reading them. Um, have you ever used the Genius app for lyrics? Check it out sometime. I'll, I'm, while you're talking about the next thing, I'm going to look up uh, the link for it and put it in the show notes. But it's called Genius, and it's for looking up lyrics to songs. And um, if there's ever been a song where you maybe couldn't quite understand the lyrics or maybe you could, but you wondered, why did they write those lyrics? What did that mean? And I mean, I I do look up rap songs. <laughs> I'm a white girl. Come on. <laughs> but I do look up rap songs because I am interested in the poetry of it and I am interested in why they wrote the the lyrics like i i like me some cardi b i will i will admit to that <laughs> and she's a very talented lyricist and i i like to look up her stuff i don't always understand it but i want to go the extra mile and i want to go look it up and see what she meant by that or what other people might have interpreted by it and genius is a really good tool for that so why don't you um sorry finish what your thought was and then tell us what the the, uh, well, the I've app got an you app. Here. You know, we've we've given you a lot of different ideas just for watching TV. So you might want to make a list and organize them, which I used to do in Reminders. I have a separate list of TV shows I wanted to watch or movies I wanted to book, books I wanted to read. But I found something better in an app, and it's free, and it's called Sofa. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm far from an expert in this, so I can't tell you everything it does. It is free. There are in-app purchases, but I believe that's strictly if you want to change the, the color and the theme. So, But you don't have to pay anything to actually use this app. So it gives you different lists of apps, audiobooks, board games, books, movies, music albums, podcasts, TV show, and video games that you might want to keep track of. So what you would do is hit the plus, and it gives you a list again. So let's say, um, okay, so Melissa talked about I'm going to hit movies and TVs. And she talked about, um, uh, let's just say Schitt's Creek. So I type mm -hmm. in, would help if I spelled it correctly. I type in Schitt's <laughs> Creek. You don't spell it the other way. <laughs> okay. So you type it in, you do search. And then what it does, and I, I, know, I know you listeners cannot see this, but I'm showing Melissa. It shows you a picture of Schitt's Creek. Uh -huh. Okay. So then you hit the plus sign and I can add that to my list. Or if I hit Schitt's Creek itself, it says, Formerly filthy rich video store magnate, Johnny Rose, his soap opera wife, Maura, his two kids, Uber hister son, David, and socialite daughter, Alexis, suddenly find themselves broke and forced to live in Schitt's Creek, a small depressing town they once bought as a joke. It first aired on January 13th, 2015. There were six seasons. It was on Pop Network. So it gives me all this information. So I add it to a list. And then I say, I want to go into TV shows. So now when I look on my TV shows, I have Schitt's Creek. I have Sharp Objects, which is something that's on HBO I want to watch. The Flight Attendant I also have on here, which is something on Netflix, I believe. Maybe it's HBO. I'm not sure. And then Succession. So I have all mm -hmm. these. Yeah, the Flight Attendant is on HBO. So when I, click on H when I click on that, it gives me a description and when it aired, how many seasons there are. Now when I'm done with Schitt's Creek... 
When I'm can done I with Schitt's done? Creek, I can mark it as done. I can copy mm-hmm. a link to it. I can move it to a different list or I can say, I don't care about it anymore. I can delete it. So I'm going to mark it as done. But can you see individual episodes? Not individual episodes. It's just the show okay. itself. So now it is gone from my TV show list and it's in my done list. And you uh-huh. can, there's different ways you can, you can look at it as a grid. You can look at it as a list. You can sort them by title, by date. You can change your list. You can add your own lists. Um, they've got an activity tab to show, like, it has a book that I just finished reading. It's got activity, Schitt's Creek, that I finished watching. And it also has something called the pile, where you're not sure where you want to add it, but or maybe you just don't have the time. You just want to throw it in the app and deal with it later. Throw it in the pile. And then later on, you can uh, you can decide where you want to put it. But I think this is a... Like this manages but, podcasts, too. Yep, it manages podcasts. So if there's a oh. podcast that you someone told you about and you just don't have like time to serial or yeah no. you don't have time to go into overcast or your podcaster catcher of choice mm-hmm. you can just throw it in here and look at it later so there's yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here that you can do and i like this better than making a list in um in reminders because in right. reminders i have to say oh what was that book about or what was that tv show about in here it tells mm-hmm. you what that book about what was that tv show about when did it start so I thought for free, this is a great idea. There's a lot of stuff here well, I'm not going to use. Like, I'm not going to use board games. I'm not going to use um, music albums because I go directly into Apple Music for that. Or video games mm-hmm. I'm not going to use. And I don't think there is a way for me to delete them. There might be. I just haven't seen it yet. But you can group things together and you can add your own list of something that you want to keep track of. Well, I'm going to throw another one at the listeners, too, because listening to you talk about that one reminded me of one. And I have talked about this. I think we've we've actually talked about these types of apps, if not these very same apps in previous, you know, older legacy geeky show ever uh, episodes where we've talked about TV and subscriptions and streaming and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the one that I still love for this purpose, for all of those things that you just described, is called I Shows TV. It says little I and then big shows TV. Um, it does a lot of what you just talked about and more. Um, I like it because it does give you the individual. So I'm going to use Shit's Creek as a as an example, but it does give you the individual episodes. Mm. So you see how yeah. I'm showing mm-hmm. I'm showing you, but I can check them off because for somebody like me. I need episode by episode because if I'm really trying to follow along with something and then I know, like you were just describing with your husband, I know that there's going to be coming up like like with us, we're getting ready to sell the house and move and everything. I know there's going to be a big span of time where we're just not going to be able to watch it. And I want to remember where I left off because occasionally, like I'm doing that right now with, with um, Better Call Saul. I need to keep track of the episodes because it's been so long since I picked it back up again that I had to rewatch the last episode. And like sometimes, you know, like I can't remember what I went into the kitchen for five minutes ago, but, you know, I'll get into it about 10 minutes like, oh, yeah, I totally remember what happens. OK, and then I can go on to the next episode. I don't that's fascinating how the brain works. I don't know how that that happens, but it does. But this is a tool that really helps me with that. So this helps you track individual TV shows that you're watching. I love the fact that it gives you all the details. Like like you were saying, it, it gave me the same exact description. You can rate it. You can check in. You know, there's other features that I that I don't necessarily use, but you can share it. Um, you can look at the different artwork. It will tell you what, what I really, really like is it'll tell you, okay, it's no longer airing. It's finished, meaning that, you know, it's 
they've done all the episodes that are not coming out anymore. But say, for example, something like, um, uh, I think it was called Russian Doll. There was um, Stranger Things. There were things where, like you were saying before, like or I, th- I guess Better Call Saul would be a good example, where the show has ended the season, but it's been renewed. And you will be able to find that out with this app because then they'll let you know. Like if you've ever wondered about a show like, oh, I wonder if this is over. You know, did it did it ever get renewed for a third season? It was so good. It'll say um, it'll say up to date, which means that it's not finished. There's there's still going to be more episodes coming. And then what's great about this is like, again, in lieu of the reminders, it's better than the reminders because you could be like not thinking about this for a whole six months or so. And then all of a sudden you'll get a notification like, oh, oh, my gosh, that show has been renewed. And like the next episode is going to be like I started watching um, 911 Emergency. I think it's on Fox. And uh, there, you know, I was I was really excited about the show. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, oh, this, you know, it's going to be a while till we till we get one of those episodes. And then they started filming again. And so I found out about it because the app told me it, it gave me a notification. So I what really is the like premium? That. You can also. What's the premium? Um, There's a $4.99 premium. I did buy the premium. Yeah, I was, I'm glad you found that because I was going to say I can't remember how much it was for the premium. The premium allows you to – I think you can probably get away with it um, with most of the features for free. It's one of those great apps where there are enough features in the free version that you can kick the tires. And then if you really, really like it, like I really, really like it and wanted to support the developer, I didn't really need – the extras, but I wanted to support the developer because I thought it was done so well. And you can like change the theme, and you know how much I love purple, so they had a purple theme <laughs> when I was watching. That's the same um, with that's the same with Sofa. Yeah. It's you can do everything for okay. free, but if you pay, I think it's a dollar ninety nine, you can change the theme. Yeah, there's like skins and themes and and it's just little extras and stuff. This um, does Sofa. Does it sync with a service called Tract, which is spelled uh, T R A K T? No, I don't because think this does. Yeah, I'm looking at that. And right what's now. nice about that is Tract is a um, it's a syncing service. It's kind of like in a way, I guess it's like the iCloud of TV show subscriptions that you know helps you keep track of stuff. Because then there are other apps. So this, for for example, this app I don't believe, and it's been a while since I checked. And if anybody's listening and can correct me if I'm wrong, I would love to be wrong about this. Actually, I don't believe that there is an Apple TV version of this. Um, it would be something worthwhile to check and see if there's a Roku version. Like, is there a Roku version of Sofa? Because that's the great thing about some of these apps. And if they're synced with a service that's shared with other apps. So, for example, Real Good then is an app on the Apple TV. So let's say you're watching something. You can go into the Real Good app. I just I'm lazy and I haven't done it, but I know that it's possible. And instead of checking it off on your phone, say you have your phone plugged in in a different room, which is like, oh, my God, rare. Like, why would I have my phone any any more than like an inch away from me? Right. But it happens occasionally <laughs> if I'm doing an update. <laughs> Uh, you can use the TV app or in your case, it would be probably a Roku app where you can check off, you know, that you watched it and it'll keep track of the shows from that platform. And then when you get your, you know, digital appendage back (laughs) your phone, then you can see that it's synchronized. So that's one of the benefits, I think, of this one. Another great thing is um, at the bottom, there's different icons and one of them looks like a little inbox drawer type of thing. And what that's for is, let's say you started watching a show and then you lost interest in it, 
but you thought mm, you might want to pick it back up again later, you can archive it. So you can go back into it and then bring it back to your you know, current shows that you're watching so that your feed, so to speak, or all the tiles, they aren't so clustered. They're like they're not so filled up that it's overwhelming. You can archive stuff and then you can bring it back. You can there's a star. You can favorite things. Um, you can view it as a calendar. You can there's a search. You know, you search for something that you like. You tap the plus sign. You add it to your your list. Um, it lets you know. So, for example, I am watching Tiny World on Apple TV Plus, and it's one of those things where it's a really cute show that I want to watch with the kids. But there's just we haven't had enough time to like actually watch something with the kids. They always want to be playing with their friends online, so it's just kind of sitting there. But it lets me know that I'm five behind. So there's you know how many shows, and it lets me know that I'm I have five left to go. So it kind of gives you like a running total of like how many. Like as, as more episodes are released and if you get behind, it lets you know. Or if a show is finished airing and you've started binging it, it lets you know that you're five behind until you until you get finished. Um, what else? I like that it has the notifications. I like that um, you can check them off one at a time. It'll give you the description about that episode. So for example, you know, I couldn't remember where I left off with Better Call Saul, but I can go and I can look and I can read the synopsis. So it's kind of like got like IMBD baked right into it. I don't know. I just really, really love it. It sounds a lot like it has a lot of overlapping features of, of Sofa. I think this one might have just a little bit more, but I'd be willing to um, compare Sofa along with it and see if it's, you know, maybe, maybe, Maybe some people might like Sofa better because they might not want all of this other stuff. Yeah. Maybe overkill. That's what I'm thinking. I like all the it depends meta. on like how much you stuff. want, especially if it's yeah. something like a movie. If you're more into movies and books, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't need what you're talking about. Um, but if you're right. watching TV shows, then the you know iShows sounds a little bit better. I just downloaded it too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more for TV shows. I don't. I think there might even be a movies version, and I just don't. There is um, a movie version. Yeah, and movies aren't something that I really feel the need to track all that much because I mean, a movie is usually something I'll, I remember I watched it or not. Whereas TV shows, there's there's just more to it that I want to be able to drill down into. With so, movies, just a more with movies, it's thing. a it's a it's a matter of me remembering to watch it. Because you know yeah, you see mm -hmm. you see um, trailers for different movies, you go, oh, that looks mm -hmm. like a good one, and yeah. then you totally forget about it. I just did that the other night. Like we have we have a Netflix that we share with the family. That this is the problem. I don't have my own profile. I really should just go and create my own profile. And I'm not sure if we're topped out or not. Like if we maxed out on profiles, but what I really need to do is create my own profile because. My dad's sharing our profile, and so it's mostly Nate's and my dad's stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not interested in all this other stuff. You know, like I want to get to my show. So my things that I think to myself when I finally get a night to myself, which is very rare, and I sit there and I think, oh my gosh, I have the TV; it's all to myself. I can watch whatever I want. And I'm like, what, what am I going to watch? <laughs> you know, I was like, what am I going to watch? I had all these things on a list. Where did it go? And so, yeah, that would be a good, a good uh, place to put that. <laughs> Well, I hey. think uh, I think we've covered it. We we hope that uh, this has been a fun thing to listen to instead of all of this like you gotta change your password. <laughs> Do you have your paperwork? <laughs> I still can't get an appointment. <laughs> right <laughs> now, we can just relax and watch out my TV. arm. <laughs> 
Uh, if we don't laugh about it, we'll cry, right? <laughs> so we would like some feedback. We would. What TV would. shows fact, are we have, you watching? We have something coming up. Yeah. Something coming up we want some feedback for about the uh, – Lisa's going to fill us in on Apple Fitness Plus. Yeah. So we want your feedback about that. Yeah. If you have – yeah, like you were going to say, if, if you have watched some of these TV shows, if there's something that we missed it, after we just told you all the stuff that we like and you're like, oh, my God, Lisa, Melissa, how could you not have watched – Fill in the blank. Let us know what that is. And I know as far as Apple TV Plus, I have not watched the second seasons of Servant or For Mankind or All Mankind. I will eventually. Mm -hmm. I figure, let me finish Ray Donovan. You know how hard it is when you're watching this show on Amazon and you're watching this show on Mm -hmm. Netflix and then you're watching this show on regular TV every Sunday night. It just gets to be too much. It's like, you know something? (laughs) Let me just finish Ray Donovan. Yeah. Once I get that finished, right. then I'm going to go to Apple TV Plus and I'll start watching Servant because that's only, if I remember correctly, it's only a 30-minute show. So I'll be able to zip through yeah. that a little bit quicker and then I'll go into For All Mankind. Mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. get there. I haven't watched Apple TV yeah. in a while. So yeah, there's just too much yeah, between HBO either. and Showtime and Amazon Prime and Hulu and Netflix and Apple TV, and I think I've got so them all. Spoiled, it's like I don't. You don't have the time, and then you want to read a book yeah. every now and then. You want to listen yeah. to music. You want to listen to some podcasts. Oh yeah, I have to live. <laughs> I have to, and now you, you have, have to, to exercise. Yeah, now you, you got to watch your fitness you, plus. You got to go to work. You got to you know <laughs> clean the house. You have to go grocery shopping. You have other things to do. There right. just isn't enough time in the day. Yeah. But yes, and you don't even have little kids in the and house. I don't yet. work and have little kids, and I still don't have enough time to watch <laughs> right. everything and do everything right. that I want to do. Especially now that oh, I'm back into God. my genealogy, which we're not going to talk about. There's um, no hope for me. I'll never sleep. <laughs> yeah. So people who are listening that are use Apple Fitness Plus, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Even if you hated it, tell us why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I'm down for that. I want to hear that now. <laughs> yeah. So to t- yeah. tell us what you think. You know, maybe it's just not enough for you maybe it's a supplement to you're going to the gym whatever your feelings are please let us know melissa tell us once again how the lovely listeners can reach us so you can email us which is podcast at geekiestshowever.com you can follow us on twitter you can follow us on our individual twitters you can go to our website where we have all of those details but you can follow us at geekiest show on twitter and tweet at us, and we can get into a conversation that way. We can get into it. Uh, yeah, the website, geekyshowever.com. Leave us a comment that isn't spam. That would be nice. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. Please give us some feedback. Love to hear from you. Stay safe. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative, and timely. The Mac to the Future live cast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group. 